Everybody, this is Ask Dr. Gans, the podcast. Stress. Everybody's got it. Everybody feels it. The question is, what do you do with it? How do you get it handled so you can be your best, do your best, and most importantly, feel your best in all areas of your life? Well, that's what we're all about at Ask Dr. Gans, the podcast. I'm your host, Bryn Griffiths, alongside registered psychologist, Dr. Gans Ferentz. Hello. Hey. How you doing How's today? You, how you doing today, Brent? I'm fine. good. I got. I beat. I beat you to it. I asked you first. I know you so. did. I'm usually pretty quick with the how you doing today, but you yeah. uh, you were really uh, you're on your game. This is going to be a great episode. Hey, uh, one of the things we've talked a lot about COVID over the over the yeah. last six months, and one of the things we've talked we've talked about how we're handling things, mm-hmm. but one of the things that I've been wondering is how tough is this on the elderly. And how they're mm-hmm. they're dealing with it, and they're also far at far greater risk than you or I are mm-hmm. at. And I just wonder mm-hmm. how are they getting through this, or how can they get through this? Yeah, yeah, and and no, absolutely. And it's it's been a tough go for you know across the world for a lot of the elderly people. They're they're not only at higher risk, um, they're hit harder by the symptoms when they do if they do contract it. But you think about the death toll and. Not only are people dying, but people of that age group are dying, which means that people's friends and families and people that they know, they're no longer there. Do you know what I mean? So you're being hit very, very hard. You're, you know, you're at risk. There's uncertainty. You don't know what's coming, but also your peer group is disappearing. It's shrinking, which it's shrinking anyway. Um, But now, now the people that you did know, people you hung out with, people that, you know, you grew up with are also not in the mix anymore, you know? So they're, they're being hit very, very hard. Just that whole demographic is having a very hard time right now. I just cannot imagine because in a lot of the homes, they're having their lunches and their breakfasts and their dinners together. And if it starts to go through one of Mm. the homes, it's not like you just are losing somebody. You're losing somebody who you're with a lot. And I yeah. just can't imagine how horrible that's got to be for people. Yeah, well, you know, I, I talked to my mom. Um, she's ninety six, and she's in a. She's you know, fortunately, she's reasonably healthy, so she's in a, pretty much an independent living facility where they, you know, they get out and they they'll have like trips that they go on, or they'll do games nights, or they'll have exercise programs. They, like you said, they go down to the um, dining room and they eat with their friends and different things like that. Well, you know, she's she's been very fortunate. Her facility has not been one of those affected by COVID in terms of getting like, like there's no, there's no like outbreak at the facility or anything like that. Right. However, everything else has been shut down. Right. So there's no games nights. They have to go and either get their meals delivered to them in their apartments, or they go and pick them up and go back to their rooms. Um, they don't have the act, their activities aren't happening even if they're in the hallway, you know, just kind of navigating to go to a different place, they're wearing masks and they can't really stop and hang out and talk to each other. So there's, there's a huge disruption to life. And, and in a lot of these facilities, that's life. It's, it's, it's kind of like a self-contained cruise ship 
um, a lot of these facilities. Right. And yeah. so everything is, is, there's a lot of stuff that's good when it's, when it's open and when it's happening, but if something happens and you can't, you, you can't have these activities, your whole world just kind of stops moving. And so that is, that is something that those of us on the outside are not always aware of, don't, don't really see because we still have certain things. We can still, we, we, we still have freedom of movement. We can get around, we can go for a drive or, you know, FaceTime somebody or whatever, where a lot of the elderly folks, they may not have been familiar with the technology and then there's no one even there to kind of walk them through and help them get used to it because, you know, the staff might be too busy doing other stuff or, you know, you can't visit. So it's, it's a real tough go for a lot of people right now. So it, it, you know, it's a stressful time for them, but it's also stressful for the kids who've become the parents, Mm -hmm. right? We've often talked about Mm -hmm. that. So how do we deal Mm -hmm. with it to help them deal with it? Yeah. And, and that's exactly right. I mean, those, those people, we call them the sandwich sandwich generation, right? Where we have like young kids, but we also have older parents and we're taking care of both sides, right? Up and down the scale. And so it can be, it can be quite exhausting for us, especially worrying or being concerned that you just, you know, you can't go visit, you can't go and really check and see how they're doing. And so, you know, a few of the things that I've, I've done and I've encouraged other people to do is check in often, right? Um, if you, you know, there's still phones work and if, if your parent or grandparent or, or whoever it is, is not so tech savvy that they can do like video chat, like FaceTime or zoom or anything like that, then at least they can have a phone call with you. Um, I have a friend who's, I think he's probably in his late sixties, early seventies. And this is one of the things he does. He volunteers his time to call elderly people and just chat with them. Just talk about whatever, shoot the shit. Right. And, and that he says, it's very, very fulfilling to him. And the folks he talks to are so appreciative of just having a connection with somebody else. Um, I, I, what I do is I, I try to call my mom at least once a day and you know, three to five minutes. That's it. That yeah. doesn't have to be a long conversation. Hey, how's it going? What'd you have for lunch? Yeah. Did he get to go, go out? Did he walk in the halls or who called you today? And just kind of just touch base with them and, and ask them a few questions, keep their brain functioning well, because that is extremely important for them to just have some contact with people outside it's also important to have intergenerational contact. So it's not just, you know, other old people, other elderly people connecting with elderly people, but it's great for people in the middle part of their lives or young people or teens to connect with old people as well, because it, you know, it kind of enlivens the, the elderly person, but also, um, there's, there's a benefit that we get if we spend some time chatting with these people who've been around, been on the planet longer than us. There's some wisdom we can get. There's some perspective we can get. There's a bunch of stuff we can learn if we slow down and pay attention. So it's not just a benefit to the senior. It's a huge benefit to the folks that are connecting with the senior as well. I'm, I'm going to tell this story, and I know he won't mind, but a, a very good friend mm-hmm. of mine, it's a bit of a name dropper too, very good friend of mine is Jamie Campbell, who is the – television host of the Blue Jays baseball broadcast on Sportsnet. While they were going through a quiet time, he decided that it would be kind of fun and challenging to basically phone seniors or people who are in a situation like we've just talked about now where they don't have a lot of uh, people contacting them, finding out how they're doing and that kind of thing. 
So we encourage people to text him uh, direct message, uh, the, the phone number of, his pa- of the parent who are a baseball fan and would like to get a phone call for five minutes oh, to, talk so about, awesome. to talk about base, <laughs> baseball. And he said, you know, I thought it would be kind of fun for a couple of months. And he got his, uh, his, uh, one of his coworkers, uh, to do the exact same thing. And, uh, and so he he started talking to seniors and some of them were war vets. And he said mm-hmm. a five minute conversation, he said, happily turned into a 15 minute one where we could talk about baseball mm-hmm talk about how they're doing and all that kind of stuff. And he said, I know that when I hung up with the phone, there's a couple of things. One, they were really surging from that energy that he was able mm-hmm. to bring. And what a surprise phone mm-hmm. call it was. Also, that, that, that parent would go back to the kids and say, you'll never know, who, you, you'll never guess who called today. And of course, it would generate more excitement, that kind of thing. But, but the, exactly. the real surprise for me was what Jamie said, how much he took out of that himself yeah. because he was able to do it. And, and I think that, it's a simple little thing that we can do to help seniors right now at a time where they really need that connection the most. Absolutely. Well, and you know, like there's been a lot of search, a lot of research in the last probably like five years on the effects of loneliness, right? And I think we've even done a podcast on it in the past. But what they're finding is that loneliness and isolation, which is exactly the situation that seniors generally are in sometimes, right. but especially with, during the pandemic, it's just a, it's a, it's an epidemic and not just for seniors for everybody. Right. But what they find is that, you know, loneliness has really negative effects on like heart disease and, you know, increases your chances of dementia. Um, just, they, they say it's as bad for you as smoking even, right. It, to be lonely. England has gone so far, the UK has gone so far as they've established a ministry of loneliness to, because they, you know, they have, um, they have a public health system over there that is responsible for looking after everybody. And what they realized was that, you know, if we can get ahead or get a handle on this whole loneliness thing, our healthcare costs are going to go down as a nation because it's, it's not just emotional and mental health issues that are solved when we, deal with loneliness and isolation, but it's also physical health issues that are solved when people feel like they're connected and they have a purpose in life. Right. So being able to do this for our parents or our grandparents, or even just, you know, a a senior that we know that we want to reach out and connect with huge ramifications for, you know, the economy, huge ramifications for our own sense of contribution, sense of connection. But like, you know, like you were just talking about, we learn a ton of stuff if we actually, you know, can slow down and pay attention. There's lots of, lots of cool stuff we learn from people who've got more experience than we do. The other thing too, that people are concerned about right now is they're worried about their parents or grandparents, or whatever in a home. And that's the stress at their level. And I just, mm-hmm. how do you shake that off? Because it, people have a lot of questions about whether or not they've got those special people in their lives in the right place at the right time to deal with this. Yeah, this is, this is so, this is so hard. Right. I mean, and, and it's true. Like in, in many homes, there's just, you know, there, there may have been mismanagement. I know there've been some outbreaks of some of the homes that um, some of the, the seniors are living at. And that's a hard thing. Um, it, it is, it is very difficult to know that somebody you care about is in a situation that's, um, you know, at risk yeah. or, or, or not going well. Um, and at the same time, 
we have to, we have to be realistic about what we can do. Um, and, and, you know, coming from an immigrant family, for example, um, it's, it's not really in our culture or our, our setup to put our parents into homes, right? It's, it's usually they stay at home with us. They help raise the kids or the grandkids or whatever, right? Um, coming over to Canada here, it was, it's a different, different setup. Um, but at the end of the day, we have to do what we think is best, uh, for the, the senior, the people we care about and also what we can manage. There has to be a balance of that because as much as we would like to think that the ideal is that the parents stay home and everybody, you know, we can look after them in our house or whatever. This is also the place where we have, we find the high num high levels of elder abuse. We find a lot of people feeling stressed out because they're trying to run their, you know, do all the health care and the emotional support for a parent by themselves. And so they suffer, the parent suffers, the kids suffer if they have them, the job suffers, right? Everybody suffers. So, you know, my, my advice is this, and I've had this conversation with several people over the last year or so. You have to look at the situation, be realistic with yourself. And think about not just what is short-term best for your your parent or grandparent or aunt or uncle, but also what's long-term best, okay? And recognize our own limitations. I say it this way. There are things that my mom needs that pretty much anybody can do, and there are things that she needs that only I can do. Right. If I save myself for the stuff that only I can do and hire out or get other people to do the things that anybody can do, that's going to be best for her. Because if I don't do that, then I'm going to exhaust myself with stuff that, you know, that anybody can do. We can hire people to do it. But then when it comes down to the important stuff that only I can do, I won't be there. I'll be exhausted or I'll be pissed off or, you know, something else will be in the way. So there are, there are professionals, especially in, you know, most, um, developed countries, there are professionals who are trained to look after people and be with them and take care of their physical needs. There are not as many professionals who are trained to take care of their emotional needs. And there's nobody but family that can really take care of their, you know, connection and family, familial needs. So I say this to people. Let, you know, hire people or put, let, let, let your senior go to a place where there are folks that are trained and have the equipment to look after their physical needs yeah. and you be there for the emotional and the connection needs, because that's really, really important as well. One of the things that's really bothered me the most about this whole COVID thing is I hear that the seniors are being marginalized. The death numbers with mm. seniors is being marginalized. Well, you know, they were over 90. I hear that all the mm -hmm. time, and that really does that really does piss me off a little bit because I'd like to think that if I was over ninety, but I was in pretty good health, why can't right. why why can't I have another ten years, right? But I just right. don't, I don't yeah, like yeah, the marginalization, yeah. and I often wonder how much of that do they hear that in in a lot of these places, and how much would that pull you down, and how much can a kid tell his parent not to worry about that kind of stuff, and will it have any effect at all? Yeah, that, well, it, it's true. I mean, you know, uh, what, what, what seems old to us keeps moving out as we get older. Right. And yeah. so, yeah. So the, the idea that, oh, well, they had a good life. They were 75 or they were 90 or, or whatever. Yeah. Well, maybe I wanted to be 110. 
You know what I mean? And, and the truth is that, you know, if I'm 90, then an extra year is much more meaningful for me than if I'm, you know, 19. So, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, I, I think at the very least we should, we should be, um, more sensitive yeah. about having those, making those comments, especially around people who are more aged than we are. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Like I said, that's just been one of the things that's bugging me a lot here over the last six to nine months is how people are just basically throwing that generation away. And I, and I think it's just, yeah. uh, I think it's wrong, but anyway, that's just me. Venting. Well, well, you know, well, but, but you know, there's, there's something to be said for valuing and, um, almost revering age Yeah, because if somebody has been around for that long, what they've seen, what they've accomplished, what they've been through. And we don't, we really don't think about that generally. That's that, you know, in Western culture, that's not something that we um, think about in that way very often. But in most other cultures, this is exactly how it is. These are the elders. These are the, the wise ones. These are the mentors. And there is value in their knowledge and in their, their being around. And, you know, I'll, I'll, just one quick example is, you know, you got a new parent who has got a, like a fussy kid, right? A fussy baby and the kid's crying and the parent is kind of like trying to rock them and the, oh, is it, oh man, I wonder what's wrong. Do they need feeding on? You know, there's kind of, you know, there's this little feedback loop happening between the parent and the child in terms of them getting more and more agitated, right? Yeah. And the grandparent or the, you know, the, the old uncle or aunt comes in and says, hey, do you mind if I try? And they hold the baby. The baby just kind of relaxes and goes to sleep in their arms, right? And and <laughs> it's just the it's just the experience and the knowledge and the wisdom and the sense of calm that comes from having a senior around that you know turns down all the the energy in that in that um, that exchange. But you know, as a sports guy, you know this. You got to have veterans on your team. Oh yeah. Even if they're not playing, <laughs> they're there to settle everybody down so that, you know, the, the you know, and mentor the new guys into the roles. I think that's uh, well said. And I just want people to remember that when you're thinking about COVID, think of the elderly as well, because yeah, it's so important. How can people get a hold of you? The best way is to the website. It's askdrgans.com. Ask a S K D R G A N Z or G A N Z dot com go check it out check out the website there's uh, resources on there there's all sorts of cool articles different things you can listen to and look at so yeah i'm glad to see you glad to help you facebook and twitter as well mm-hmm. yep social media check it out and listen if you like what you're hearing share it with somebody share it with uh with people you think that might benefit from listening to this also drop us a line if there's something you want to hear us talk about um, but yeah, definitely, definitely share this around because you know, the, the, the idea is we want to help as many people as we can and bring basic nuts and bolts, psychology, psychological advice and techniques and tools to people in their everyday lives. It really helps make a big difference for the person, but also the ripples go out to people they're connected with. And, you know, generally we all benefit from a healthier society. I so like, this is, this is my mission. I like to think that we're just scratching the surface here or we're seeing the tip of the iceberg. There's much more stuff and they can get a hold of you or we can pass more information along as we, as we move along. Thanks for your time today. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll check in with you again next time. Okay. Yep. See you guys later. One, two, three.
Listen. Yeah.